Hello and welcome to Sports View with Simon Rubacaba. I'm your host, Simon Rubacaba. Friday, September 3rd, 2021. As I said, I've already been out this week. And even in the previous week, I've been doing these uh, on off days. Uh, not the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They've been just random and I apologize for that. We're back on track though today as we lead into uh, next week, uh, week one NFL football. The NFL schedule for the week. Planning to have Omar uh, uh, on to give his best bet. I'm going to have a fictional $100 bill that I'm going to put on his best bets. And then go from there as the season goes. So probably so I'll, put, I'll do a fictional $50 bet with his, you know, using his best bet. And then we'll see what that outcome is. And we'll sort of keep track of it. Like, you know, what would have been the winnings and where we stand with our with our money. Starting with a, with a $100 bill and then see where it goes from there. Uh, so we'll have Katie Trop and myself, and then Shantae Johnson, who uh, haven't had on the show yet, but uh, he anybody from South Tahoe would remember him. He was he was a star quarterback and and uh, and point guard for the uh, for South Tahoe, but um, <clears throat> definitely still a big football fan. So we're gonna kind of go head to head, the three of us, uh, as the season goes, with our weekly picks. I'll probably have them submit their Thursday uh, prediction on Wednesdays, and then on Fridays I'll actually have them on as a guest, as guest, and uh, we'll give their their predictions for the Sunday and, and Monday games, and then we'll we'll have some fun with with uh, we're keeping track of our wins and losses for the for the year, uh, our season standings. Uh, so that's the plan with that. Uh, recapping this past week uh, that I've missed, uh, didn't talk about Tyrone Woodley. Jake Paul, I actually thought Jake Paul won six rounds of two. Uh, a lot of people thought Woodley won because he landed solid shots each round. He just did, for me, he didn't do enough uh, to actually steal the rounds. And a lot of people, maybe more MMA fans, I think, that watched the fight and were rooting for him. Uh, it, it almost reminds me of a street fight. You know, if your boy, if, if your friend gets in a street fight, uh, and let's say that turns out to be, you know, how you saw the, the, the Paul Woodley fight, uh, street fight, you're going to yeah come away with it saying, oh, you, you landed, you know, a great shot here, a great shot there. And so you're going to, you know, the story being told from one side, uh, one side of the supporters is going to be that, oh, he dominated, he landed the best shots. And then the reality, and then you're going to have the other guy's friends making it sound like, okay, well, no, we dominated, you know, our guy won. So you kind of look at the neutral and you try and be unbiased on things. And I had it six rounds of two for Jake Paul. Although, you know, Woodley gave a good account of himself. I just didn't think he did enough. And in certain rounds, he almost was like a non-factor. It's almost like he was just there and uh, wasn't doing much. So, um, uh, you know, and, and Paul was busy and Paul had a game plan. And you could see what he's trying to do and he is trying to develop. Although the, the, the tweets afterwards that he's retired, so he, he doesn't need boxing. And it may have been an experiment like that. And he made a great deal of money doing it, brought the sport a lot of attention. But there's fighters, I mean, there's fighters that fight people with bad records all the time. And that's how they build up their win wins before they go in for a big opportunity. And, and they don't get as criticized as much as someone like Jake Paul, who's bringing in the fans and bringing in money and bringing attention and ratings to the sport. So give it up to him uh, and then BJ Flores, uh, Jacob Chavez, you know, uh, people I know that, that work with him. And there's other people that are calling him out and trying to get into that 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 uh, circle and the sweepstakes of a Jake Paul fight and, and the kind of lucrative 
payday would bring. Uh, and you know, any you know, there's some legit fighters out there that would have a shot at beating. He's not unbeatable. He's definitely a green. He's still developing. And uh, but he's you know he's going for it and he's making I mean well deserved amount of money for. I mean you saw the crowd he brought in almost sold out in uh, on a Sunday night. Uh, another boxing news: Oscar De La Hoya hit with COVID, even though he's vaccinated. Which Ben brings, I mean, don't even get me started on what I think of the vaccine now, as it, you know, and now they're, they're asking for a booster. Um, but people are testing positive that are vaccinated, and now they're saying, oh, well, at least the survival rate, well, people are still ending up in the hospital. Despite the survival rate, you still have that health health scare, and you never know what will happen. Uh, you know, you go to the hospital feeling the way you're feeling. And you're being told you're going to be all right. But, I mean, were you going to be any different if you hadn't been vaccinated? Um, you know, that's the debate. And then that's why, I mean, they got to stop also forcing. There's certain ESPN reporters that I hear when they do talk about the virus. They talk about the selfishness and all that stuff if you're not vaccinated. Yeah, we, we have medical freedom in this country. We're supposed to. And it's a private uh, decisions that we make in our treatment. Just like, uh, you know, I have neuropathy in my legs and... There is a treatment out there that's a cell stem therapy, but I got to pay out of pocket because it's not the the standard of medicine, medicine medical terms. So insurance companies don't cover these alternative uh, uh, treatments. So they'd rather me just be on painkillers and then antidepressants and then go through the progression of, of the neuropathy and then someday get amputated and have to deal with that and everything. So that that's a procedure for neuropathy. So if I find an alternative treatment that has a, a success uh, rate, a, a good success rate, uh, I got to do it, but uh, out of pocket. So uh, now they're forcing, you know, if you go, if you want, if you're a sports fan that wants to go to a game, you have to be vaccinated. If you're a player, pretty soon you're gonna to have to be vaccinated. If you want to fly on a plane, pretty soon you're gonna to have to be vaccinated. Um, they're forcing it on you, and they never have in the history of, of viruses and illnesses and vaccines and and all that for it to be mandatory. It's like what the hell is up, you know? And other countries are using other uh, uh, treatments, and, that, and they're claiming that that's what what the remedy is. Uh, but here in America, we're making the big issue out of uh, either the Moderna or the Pfizer or the uh, Johnson & Johnson shot. And now they're saying, well, you need a booster. And then you can still get COVID even though you're fully vaccinated. So go figure. Uh, and you all make your own decisions. But just like, uh, you know, when the whole teams or the whole leagues kneel for the uh, national anthem, like in the NBA, don't criticize the, the one or two players that decide to stand up for the anthem. Or just and it's just like vice versa. If everybody's standing for the anthem and somebody wants to make a statement through it, don't don't criticize them. I mean, you feel how you feel, but in this country, you you can do it. You know, it's like burning a flag, as despicable a thing as I think it is. In this country, you can do it, and uh, that's you know, you're, you're gonna get your ass kicked by somebody if they see you burning a flag, or you know, that would be the thought. Or if I see you burning a flag, that's definitely what I'm gonna do. But um, but you can do it. It's not illegal. But you you'll get tried by the uh, by the uh, law of the land and law of the people. So um, that's where that is. Oscar De La Hoya. So Tessa positive. He's out of the Vitor Belfort fight. But Evander Holyfield now is being stepped on. You can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's a soap opera of boxing. De La Hoya goes out. Fifty eight year old Evander Holyfield. Uh, 
stepping in. And if the California doesn't approve it, they're going to go over and move the event to Florida where they are ready to approve and sanction the event. So go figure that too. And Vitor Belfort is in shape and he's fought, he's been training for a boxing match. Holyfield is a consistent uh, uh, guy that works out. But he hasn't been in the ring. and So that would be an interesting fight for the last minute for a uh, four-time heavyweight champion to step in there as a last-minute opponent at the age of 58. It's just, you can't make this up, in, in, in even in Hollywood. Um, but we'll see. Best of luck to everybody, the whole participation. Sad news in boxing. Jeanette Zacharias, uh, 18-year-old fighter, got knocked out and... Uh, in a coma since then and, and passed away uh, yesterday. So um, condolences to the Sakurai's family and, and the boxing community mourning uh, a loss. And, you know, they're going to investigate and what maybe what the cause is and maybe there'll be a rule change or two just like every other death. And, you know, we'll see. You know, we try to make the sport as safe as possible or the people that, that run it have uh, have done that over the years. So, um so much implementations and people like you know the the day before weigh-ins that's actually for some for people's health so that they get oxygen back in their brain before the fight and they have that 24-hour to rehydrate they've there's fighters that have taken advantage of it they suck themselves down to the lowest weight possible and then and then balloon up to however heavy they can get um but as tony the tiger lopez said if you want that same advantage you got to make the same sacrifice and don't complain when somebody does it so um you know, you be you be the judge of that. A lot of European fighters fight at more of their natural weight because of that. They they, they don't want to lose oxygen in their brain, so they kind of uh, fight at weights that is closer to their walk around weight. So if you notice from fighters in the UK or overseas, they don't gain as much weight as an American fighter between the weigh in and the fight. And so you be the judge on that. Which which method works best, and what 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 culture has has it right over the other. Um, this will be interesting uh, to see what, what develops from it. Um, I, I just think the referee didn't step in enough from what I've seen in the highlights. I didn't watch the full fight, but Sakarias was taking punishment and nobody seemed to stop the fight until it was absolutely necessary. And, and that's why you can never stop a, a fight too soon. You can only stop it too late. I remember the Mayweather-McGregor fight. All, most of the MMA world was, oh, he should have. They should have let him fight until he was dropped on the ground. And they wanted to see a brutal ending. They didn't want to see the fight stop when that guy that had had enough and was, was exhausted. Um, so I can go, you know, plenty of boxing news with that. Uh, uh, to start off, college football season, this first full week and full, first legit, excuse me, first legitimate week and big game with Clemson and Georgia. Um, this one I think is going to have bigger implementations. You know, in past seasons, you you set up these games early in the first week or two because you have time to rebound and bounce back and, and get yourself back up the rankings and work yourself into the BCS uh, 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 series. But I think the loser of this one may be, this might be it for them for the season. I, you know, it's hard to imagine seeing the schedule, especially Clemson, who doesn't play the SEC schedule or any or the, the you know, major ranked schools and, you know, will get the power ranking advantage. But um, if they lose to Georgia, it's going to be quite an uphill battle for them to work back into the BCS picture as the season goes. So we'll see how it goes. Um, and shout out to Florida International University. I'm a fan of them and uh, have been since the T.Y. Hilton days and Mario Cristobal. And, uh, you know, they're off to a good start now. Butch Davis-led team. 
they're one and zero after a tough season, tough tough year last year, just like it was for every other team. They were only played like four or five games, and with half the team and all that. But they have so many returning players that are hungry, and most you you to a man you talk to most of them, and, and they say they came back because they have unfinished business. So that's kind of their mindset of uh, of the season, and I think uh, they're gonna play hard and play well and, and have a good season and get back to a bowl game uh, to end their careers. Uh, I think that's uh, in unity what, what they're doing. Uh, and then uh, NFL news, I mean, just watching the wires and all the players, you know, everybody has their 53-man roster and then the cuts happen from other teams and players get picked up. It's a constant roller coaster. It's, I don't think it ever ends when they shift, especially those those lower, you know, the third string and below uh, in the backup players, you know, they get cut all the time, get called back, get put on the practice squad, and it's a roller coaster. So for them to say that there's a deadline for the 53-man roster, eh, that's only on paper. In, in, but, I mean, the real reality is, I mean, teams are consistently making changes depending on who gets let go by other teams and who becomes available on the wire. Cam Newton getting cut by the Patriots. He can sit back for a year. He, he's making $1.5 million no matter what, so... If I was him, I'd, I'd chill and then see what opportunities come in the offseason. And if nothing happens, you uh, you end up on a forced retirement. Not not how you want it to go out, but how most athletic careers end. They don't really end on your terms. But he's got a, a great future if he wants to get into broadcasting or um, you know whatever he wants to do. I'm sure somebody will pick him up and, and he'll still get some endorsements even off of that post-career because of his charisma and, 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 and other forms of his, you know, his character, that, that could be an advantage uh, to him. So uh, we'll see in other veterans and, and, and players that maybe were names in college that just haven't panned out in the pros. You know, they got to let go. But a lot of times, like with Will Greer, because he was quarterback at West Virginia, he failed in the Panthers, but the, the Cowboys picked him up. So someone with a name like that, that you're not going to really give up on them fully. There's going to be a team that's still going to believe that maybe he, you know, he got the potential uh, of what he could be. So um, you're going to see players like that, that that get an opportunity. And almost like coaches too. You know, you'll know, you have coaches that are uh, defensive coordinators somewhere and get, get fired and their defense was ranked 32 in the league. And they're like a hot commodity. They get picked up by another team. You know, and They become the defense coordinator of that team and somehow because of their reputation over past seasons not their most recent success or, or failures, they still are going to get opportunities. So I think that's why you see the same names getting recycled over and over by different teams, especially at the assistant coach levels and sometimes at the head coaching level too. You get certain head coaches that, that get opportunity after opportunity. They might get two or three before it's like, yeah, that's that's good. You know, they're just not head coach material. But... um. Uh, that that's a cycle. So whether you're a player or a coach, um, if if you have a name or history, that you're always gonna have an opportunity. And with Cam, you never know. Yeah, I think he might be waiting around, you know. And then the right injury happened, or you know, no injury is good, but but for the right situation that he's looking for, for somebody that's looking to get put on a team midseason or or towards the end and and make a playoff Super Bowl run, potentially. Um, you never know. Any one of these teams who's starting quarterback gets hurt. Cam is better than just about every other backup that's that is on on current rosters. So uh, I think you'd be foolish not to take a look at him, not to consider him, and possibly even Kaepernick. I mean, he's still in the picture as, as the years go by. He's gonna be longer and longer out. So I don't. I, it's hard to foresee anybody giving him a chance, and his name doesn't even come up anymore. 
But I thought if he played a season or two, still. And he had the opportunity to come back with San Francisco. Although San Francisco rumors that they were going to put him on waivers anyway with the, because of the controversial situation. So, but it would have been interesting to see if he didn't if he didn't opt out or or ask to be let go. What would have happened if he played that one more season and then maybe shined or or didn't? And then we would have known for sure does he have a future or not? But um, you know, he definitely can play, and he and he's he's preserved him his body. So if anybody ever gives him an opportunity, his name comes up uh, ever down somebody's memory lane, and they they end up rolling the dice. That would be interesting too. Uh, so we'll be back starting Monday, Labor Day, uh, and I will have a show Labor Day uh, and get going on this uh, for the week. And then Wednesday and, and Fridays will be more specifically towards the NFL season leading up to, to week one. And then, recap, you know, for next Friday, we'll recap the Thursday night game, uh, Cowboys and uh, and Buccaneers, which, uh, which will kick off the season. So for Sports View, I'm, uh, I'm glad to be back, and thank you for everybody's support and well wishes. Uh, this is Simon Rokava checking out. Until next time.